Today, we're starting a new message series about intentional living, living on purpose, choosing what is best. Now, there are some things we don't choose, choices that are made for us. You can't choose when you're born. You can't choose where you're born. You can't choose your family. None of us have chosen to live in the midst of a pandemic. We don't choose to be diagnosed with a life-altering illness. But all of us do make so many choices each and every day. Some are important, some not so much. Some choices are easy, we don't even think about them, and others are incredibly difficult. My two daughters are in year 12 this year. They finished school on Friday, and besides a few little HSC exams, they're done with school. They thought choosing subjects at school was hard. Well, now they're in the process of applying for university, and there are literally thousands of courses to choose from. There's this whole book, this UAC guide that exists to try to make sense of the literally over 2,000 courses they can choose from just in New South Wales and the ACT alone. Alternatively, they can choose to go to TAFE or they can choose not to study and go straight to the workforce. There are so many options for so many things that choosing can be hard and sometimes it's difficult to make the best choice. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look at some very specific choices, intentional decisions we need to make over and over again to live the best way possible, to live the way that God teaches us in His Word is what He wants for us. Next week is a message for me and all my fellow control freaks. Phil's going to talk about choosing surrender over control. But today we're considering the importance of intentionally choosing purpose over popularity. It's easy to get caught up in chasing after the approval of many instead of grounding ourselves in the unconditional love of God and the peace that comes from living according to His call on our lives. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who sometimes finds myself living for the affirmation that comes from people instead of living for the call God has placed on my life. We live in a world that has no shortage of opinions, a world that wants to critique and review and rate and quantify everything. We rate hotel stays, restaurant experiences, shopping experiences, movie experiences. Everything is rateable, up for review, open to critique. How many stars, how many likes? It's so easy to get caught up in letting other people rate and review us. Letting ourselves be defined by anything other than the God who created us on purpose and for a purpose is empty and dangerous. You know, the questions, do I fit in? Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? When we live for the opinions of the crowd, it's all but impossible to stay on course with our calling as followers of Jesus. And this is totally not a new thing. John chapter 12, verse 43 says of the Pharisees, they loved human praise more than praise from God. People have been caught between the praise of other human beings and the praise of God all throughout history. It's not a new phenomenon, but it's one that every single one of us has to grapple with. God's purpose for our lives doesn't usually have much in common with the parameters of success that our world defines. So intentional living as a follower of Jesus means choosing purpose over popularity. Now, I'm a core officer and a mum. And between those two roles, I live in a continually high feedback zone. I think that each year my skin has thickened, necessarily just that little bit more. I've needed to stop analysing people's words, implications, looks, because we're sending me just that little bit crazy. Everybody has an opinion on what should be. It's impossible to please everyone in my house when it comes to dinner time. 
It's impossible to please everyone in my family when it comes to what we watch on TV or where we go for holidays or who gets to use what car to go where when. It's impossible to please everyone in the church when it comes to song choice or preaching topics or what we stop or start or any one of a billion things. There are so many spheres, aren't there, where we feel like we're being evaluated. No matter what we do, there are a multitude of voices and metrics and opinions. We all have people telling us what to do, who to be, how to succeed based on their perspectives. We have bosses and parents and neighbours and colleagues and experts throwing out opinions and approval or criticisms. The problem is this, living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. Anytime we're consumed with what people think about us, we tend to forget what God thinks about us. And the fastest way to forget what God thinks about us is to be obsessed with what people think about us. As long as we're consumed with the approval of people, we won't be living for the purposes of God. So today, I want to challenge us all to make a choice to choose purpose over popularity. I want to give you an example from a guy who did this. He lived in the Old Testament times, but the author of Hebrews wrote about him in Hebrews chapter 11. His name was Moses. Let me give you some context. Moses was a guy who'd been born a Hebrew slave, but he was adopted essentially into Pharaoh's family. He was a guy born in poverty and slavery, ended up living in a lavish royalty and extravagance. And even though he could have chosen a life of comfort, instead he chose calling. Even though he could have very easily given in to popular opinion, this is a guy that chose purpose over popularity. Here's how it's stated in Hebrews 11:24. Marilyn read to, it, to us earlier. It says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value because he was looking ahead to his reward. He chose purpose over popularity. Now, let me take a moment and just kind of disarm and demystify that word purpose because I think a lot of times people get all freaked out. What is my purpose, capital P? Why am I here? The big reason, I think, I think maybe it's to be a missionary somewhere or maybe I'm supposed to cure cancer. But this morning, I encourage you, don't think about capital P purpose. What I want you to do is think about lowercase p purpose. Not just like the one big thing, but day after day, moment after moment, you serve God's lowercase p purpose for that time. You're talking to someone and you recognise, my purpose is to be an encouragement to them. My purpose is to be a voice of hope for someone. You may see someone who has a need and you recognise, wow, God's purpose for me in this moment is to meet that need. Maybe you've got a boss who's like crazy stressed and maybe you need to think, well, I'm here in this office to pray for my crazy stressed out boss. That's my purpose in this moment. I think so many get caught up in trying to find their big purpose that they miss out on the purpose. What would God have me do today? What is He teaching me? How does He want me to respond? Sometimes it's going to be about little things. And yes, sometimes it will impact choosing a career or where we live or how we spend our money. For you see, there's power in purpose. There's power in recognising that in this moment, for this person, by my God, I'm called to make a difference. And that's more important than what people think of me. So today I'm going to give you three brief thoughts today about why we choose purpose. 
Number one, purpose diminishes distractions. One of the things purpose does is it diminishes those things which would seek to distract us. For so many of us, one of the biggest distractions that we have is comparison. What do they think? What was she doing? Why am I not where they are? How did they get that job? Why, why do they get to do that? I'm not as good, talented, intelligent, fill in the blank as them. Earlier in the year when my gym closed in lockdown, I began running, which I hadn't done really consistently for quite a number of years. I set myself a goal of running five kilometres under 30 minutes, which I hadn't done for a very long time. Now, I know for some of you that's not very fast, but I set that as my goal, my purpose in exercise, my I will be happy when I can run five kilometres under 30 minutes statement, and I meant it. And my first run walk was more like about 38 minutes. And over the months, I've just chipped away at that, running a few times consistently each week. Well, about six weeks ago, I did it. I ran just under 30 minutes. It felt good for a moment. But then I started noticing some people on my social media feed who were running that distance and bragging about it. They were running in like 25 minutes or 23 minutes. What? I was so slow. I still had so far to go. I'd had this goal, this purpose. But what I realised was that so many other people were doing so much better than me. Comparison led me to be dissatisfied. I had to remind myself I had totally achieved the purpose I'd set and needed to stop looking at what everyone else was doing, what everyone else was up to. We're so good at comparison. It comes naturally. She's already finished uni. He's got a better paying job than I do. All my friends are already married. They already own a home. I'm so far behind. It's a curse of comparing. But purpose diminishes that. When we focus on our purpose, it diminishes all sorts of distractions. Nehemiah was good at purpose and allowing it to diminish his distractions. If you don't know the story from the Old Testament, Nehemiah was heartbroken and anguished that the walls of the city were broken down, his city. Anytime you find yourself really upset about something, like righteously angry, that's probably a key that it could be your purpose. Nehemiah says, I can't stand this. Somebody has got to do something about this. It might as well be me. So he rallies the people to do something impossible. And he's a great leader. He's leading by example. He's up on the wall. He's climbed up this ladder. He's placing stones in in where they should go. He's working away, doing the job. And then two enemies named Sanballat and Tobiah come up and they start shouting insults to him. They say, hey, this is never going to happen. You're never going to get it done. You've just got to stop. We're going to crush your people. This is stupid. It's an impossible dream. So what does Nehemiah do? He's working away. He's got the voices of doubt and discouragement literally screaming up at him. He's on top placing stones in place and he looks down and I love what he says. He says, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Nehemiah 6 verse 3. I'm doing a great work. I love that. I can't come down. I'm fulfilling God's purpose in this moment and I can't be distracted by your opinions. I'm doing what I was created to do and your voice is not going to stop me from doing this. Some of you and me need to internalise this and just almost let it become part of our inner talk. I'm doing a great work. This is what God called me to do. It may not seem big now, but I'm being faithful in this thing. And over time, God is going to reward. I'm doing a great job and I can't come down. All of us will be distracted. But purpose, focusing on purpose, choosing purpose diminishes distractions. Second thing, Purpose pushes you through the pain. Whenever you have a purpose, it gives you a motivation to keep going even when things hurt. 
The pathway to pur purpose is often paved with pain, every single time in my experience. Don't think you're an exception. This was the case for Moses. It was the case for David, for Esther, for Mary, and it certainly was for Jesus. When we're doing what God calls us to do, some people won't understand. But there's a greater value in serving God's purposes than living for the approval of people. And so purpose pushes us through pain. Now, again, I could use the metaphor of running that is painful or maybe having a baby or any number of things, but you know what I'm talking about. We can put up with pain, discomfort, stretching and even ambiguity when you recognise this is what I'm supposed to do. Critics can't stop you. Opposition doesn't deter you. Pain doesn't slow you down. Well, not that much. This is something God's called me to do. I'm going to be faithful to God in this moment. Purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose pushes you through pain. And the third thing, purpose empowers you to please God. Purpose empowers you to please God. This is what Moses tapped into because he was serving God. There was all sorts of opposition coming his way. He faced it from his enemies. He faced it from Pharaoh. He faced it from his own people who complained incessantly. But the purpose that God had given him empowered him to keep going. Why? I'm pleasing God. This is what God called me to do. Hebrews 11:27 says, He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Another version said he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. The invisible but very present God was there, reminding him of what he'd been called to do, of who had called him. And this empowered him to please God, to live to obey God, rather than to bow to the pressure of the people. In the New Testament, when Peter and John and some of the other apostles were preaching Christ, some of the religious leaders came up and said, you guys, you can't do this anymore. They'd already been beaten. They'd already been put in prison a couple of times. And now they're told, you just got to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And what did they say in response? They essentially said, we can't help but talk about it. In other words, when you've been so transformed as we've been transformed, when you've been so forgiven as we've been forgiven, when you've seen what we've seen, you just can't stop us from talking about it in that name. You can beat us and we'll come back. You can put us in prison. Well, last time you did that, an angel broke us out. We're going to continue to speak that name. Why? They made a choice. Acts chapter 5, 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than human beings. We can't please everybody, but we can please God. We are called to live according to the purposes of God. There's power in that. There's purpose in that. Serving something, serving someone who I can please, the one who has already approved of me. I'm devoting my life to that. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures in Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. There's value in being liked by people, yes, but there's greater value in being loved by God. There's a value in having comfort, but there's a greater value in God's calling. We have a choice to make over and over and over again, and we need to make it. Will I live for others? Will I live to please people? Am I, am I trying to do something that I'll never achieve, win the approval of others? Am I comparing myself to everyone around me and feeling like I just don't measure up? Or 
Will I live for the approval or will I live from the approval of God according to His purposes, knowing that He created me for that purpose? As we watch this video, my prayer is that you'll know that God has created you to do great things and allow His already approval of you to lead, to live, to please Him.